The Blevins Franks Report with Rob Kay of Blevins Franks Wealth Management. It's that time on a Sunday morning where we talk to Rob Kay from Blevins Franks. How are you doing, Rob? Good morning, Howard. Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. Yourself? I'm very well, thank you very much. Good. Well, over the past few weeks, our reports have focused on tax rates, tax thresholds and tax allowances. But during this period, our virtual mailbag, Riviera Radio at BlevinsRanks.com, has been receiving questions, which were prompted by our discussions and the information we communicated. So this week, we've selected a few questions where we feel the subject matter will be of interest to a broad range of listeners. But first, what news, financial or other, caught your eye this past week? Well, Howard, uh, the, the week began with the COP27 uh, climate conference in Sam al-Sheikh in Egypt. The, the two-week event was opened by uh, President Sisi of Egypt, who, who said that the planet had become a world of suffering. Then Antonio, Antonio Guterres, the UN General Secretary, was even more graphic in his description. He said the world is on a highway to climate hell with our foot firmly fixed on the accelerator. Very graphic indeed. Um, Rishi Sunak made his first speech as the Prime Minister on the international stage at uh, COP27. He told the assembled world leaders that, that Britain faces both a moral responsibility and an economic necessity to tackle climate change. And despite a deteriorating global economy, countries such as Britain had to fulfil their financial commitment to helping developed nations decarbonise. He added that since Russia's invasion of the Ukraine, climate security went hand in hand with energy security and an even greater need to invest in renewable sources. Sooner added, Putin's abhorrent war in the Ukraine and rising energy prices across the world Another reason to go slow on climate change, they are a reason to act faster because diversifying our energy supplies by investing in renewables is precisely the way to ensure ourselves against the risk of energy dependency. Now, the world held its breath overnight on Tuesday when America went to the polls for the midterm elections. In advance, we were told the Republicans had ambitions of controlling both houses of Congress and Donald Trump said he would make a big announcement on Monday the 14th. But Trump was apparently livid and screaming at everyone he could find inside his inner circle, even his wife, after the failure of his chosen candidates, which many people believe has finally put paid to his re-election ambitions. Then on Wednesday, it was announced that FTX, one of the world's biggest cryptocurrency exchanges, was on the verge of collapsing. FTX is backed by blue-chip investors such as BlackRock and the Ontario Teachers Pension Fund but it was forced to look for a bailout after customers tried to withdraw $6 billion in just 72 hours, the cryptocurrency equivalent of a run on the bank. FTX's stunning reversal of fortune has sent shockwaves through the cryptocurrency world and triggered a further run of crypto withdrawals. Bitcoin is now down by more than 50% this year and it fell $4,000 per coin in just three days this week. FTX's implosion was described as a black swan event for the crypto markets and analysts predicted the cold winter for crypto will now take on even more fear. On Thursday, France had what was described as its third interprofessional strike, which was called by the hardline CGT union in protest at the rising cost of living and below inflation pay increases that many sectors have experienced. The union is also angry at the government's use of emergency strike-breaking powers during earlier strikes at oil refineries that led to widespread petrol and diesel shortages at filling stations. In truth, the strike proved to be something of a damp squib, with a lack of support from many sectors. Finally, 
I was really interested to read this week that Japan has launched a campaign to encourage its younger generation to drink alcohol. Apparently, 40 years ago, Japan generated 5% of its tax revenue from alcohol, while these days that source generates less than 1.7%. We probably shouldn't be too surprised given how smoking is still heavily promoted in Japan and therefore how much income it generates for the Japanese economy and also the Japanese taxman. Well, our report, which focused on CGT, prompted a lot of questions about principal private residence and maison principale. Can you explain the difference and what people need to be aware of? Uh, yeah, principal private residence and maison principale are, are one and the same. It's your main home. When you sell your main home in both the UK and in France, the sale is exempt from capital gains tax. However, as we frequently say, the devil is in the detail. The sale of your main French home is exempt from CGT and social charges, but there are conditions. Very simply, the property needs to be your main home at the point when it is sold, and the exemption applies even if it has only been your main home for a very short period of time. Because properties frequently don't sell immediately, you can benefit from the exemption if you sell shortly after moving. There's no specific time or defined period, it's described as a, as a reasonable time, which usually means 12 months. But there can also be some flexibility, say when there's a slump in the property market, or a period such as a pandemic, when it was actually difficult to sell properties. When a property is sold due to separation or divorce, it can be sold as having been the main home of both parties during the relationship, even if one has moved out, as long as it's sold, again, within a reasonable period. If you own more than one property, it's very clear which is your main property. It's the one where you live in most of the time and where, importantly, you make your tax declarations from. Following the recent change to the tax debitation rules, it's the property where you don't pay tax debitation because under the new rules, you'll only pay tax debitation on maison secondaires. From a UK perspective, the main home relief and therefore your exemption from capital gains tax is allowed for the period the property is used and declared as your main home. Your period of ownership begins on the date you first acquired the property and it ends when it is sold. The final nine months of ownership always qualifies for relief, regardless of how you use the property during that period, as long as the property was your main residence at some point. People frequently move to France but retain what was previously their main home in the UK. When they come to sell them, Sometimes, years later, the period when the property was their main home is entitled to relief from CGT, but the period it wasn't is liable to the CGT charge. And unlike France, if you return to live in the property, then sell it, the period it wasn't your main home is still liable to capital gains tax. Can you explain what use of fruit is? Then one lady asked if it can be revoked. Yeah, um, a usufruct is a bit like a UK life interest trust. It allows you to give the freehold of the property to somebody else, but it also allows you to use the property during your lifetime. Usufruct is probably used most frequently with property. You give the freehold of the property, known as a new proprietor, to the children, then during your lifetime you retain a right to use that property. Alternatively, it can be used to allow a spouse to continue living in a property for the rest of their life. This is particularly attractive for people who have children, let's say, from previous relationships, who ultimately want their children to receive their property, but who also want to make provision for their spouses. Unlike the UK system, 
where this arrangement could be considered a pet, a potentially exempt transfer. The French tax system favours usufruct, so in the right circumstances, there are advantages to creating a lifetime usufruct. But beware, once a gift is made, it's not possible to have the deed set aside or annulled, which I'm sure is why this lady is asking the question, Heron. The gift will have been completed by the notaire and the registered with the land registry. Obviously, a completely new gift can be made by the holder of the new proprietor, but that will be a completely separate arrangement, which will trigger legal fees and potentially tax issues. Still on the subject of property, do we need to declare the sale of overseas properties to the French taxman? Um, the answer to that question depends on where the property is. And if it's a non-EU country, such as these days the UK, we then need to consider if that country has a double tax treaty with France. If it does, as the UK and France has, then France's double tax treaty usually says the country where the property is situated is who has the right to tax any gains that are realised. Gains made in some countries, even some that have a double tax treaty with France, can also be allowed for French capital gains tax. And where the gain is not exempt from French taxation, a declaration must be made to the French tax authorities, who will have the right to a tax credit against French tax. Where there is no double tax treaty, France will seek to tax the gains, but in our experience, we've found that once the issue is discussed with the FISC, a French tax, a French tax credit equivalent to the foreign tax that's been paid can be provided by the French taxman. Now, they won't simply take your word for it, you'll need to provide proof the tax has been paid, but in a situation such as this, you really need to take professional advice. Understanding double tax treaties is a speciality in its own right and notoriously difficult from a DIY perspective. We were asked, is a gift received by a French resident from her elderly father who lives in the UK liable to French tax? Yeah, initially that, that probably sounds like a, a very simple question, Howard, and, the, and there should be a simple answer, I suppose. So, as everyone now knows, there isn't going to be one. Um, okay, as a French resident, the gift needs to be declared to the French tax authorities the month after it is received. Whether it's liable to tax initially depends on how long the recipient has lived in France. If you've not lived in France for more than six years during the past 10 years, then UK tax rules apply and there are no French tax implications. Conversely, if you've lived in France for more than six years over the past 10 years, then French tax rules apply. Under the French rules, it's the recipient who is potentially liable to tax when they receive a gift, but there are allowances. Children can receive €100,000 from a parent every 15 years with no liability to gift tax. So in this lady's case, if her gift is liable to French gift tax, her liability is dependent on how much she's receiving and how much she's received over the past 15 years. Now, for smaller amounts, another option could be, could be used and you can declare the gift as a, a don manuel and using this arrangement, a parent can give a, a child a cash gift up to €31,865, completely tax-free. Discussing Brussels 4 prompted plenty of succession questions. One lady asked, if she elects to follow UK inheritance rules, will her beneficiaries still pay French tax? Yeah, this is, this is probably the most frequently misunderstood aspect of, of Brussels 4. If you elect to follow English law, you are not electing and you cannot elect to choose UK inheritance tax. If France is where you're resident when you die, then France has the legal right to tax your worldwide assets 
even if you've elected to use Brussels 4 and follow English law. The election to use English law to bypass strict French succession rules, which dictate who inherits, doesn't change the tax the actual recipients pays. So if you leave your assets to someone outside your bloodline, and we should remember that can simply be your unmarried partner, they will have a French succession tax liability of 60% and benefit from a paltry tax-free allowance of only €1,594. As regular listeners will know, France amended the Brussels 4 rules last November to protect children who've been disinherited by the election to choose non-French laws. If provision has not been made in the deceased's arrangements for their children to receive what they're legally entitled to from their parents' French-situated assets, those children can now make a claim via the French courts. And as this change has been implemented by the French state, we must expect any claims will be upheld by the French legal system. A UK resident listener asked if his will, which leaves his solicitor to act as his trustee, creates any issues because he owns a French holiday home. Yeah, this this is a tricky one. And again, it's something we frequently see because it's quite standard fare in the UK for the family solicitor to be appointed as a trustee, especially if there's a complicated family structure or, or maybe financial arrangements that date back through various generations, you know, all money as it's, decal- as it's frequently referred to. Unfortunately, if the solicitor is appointed to act as a trustee, the French authorities will probably see the will as creating a discretionary trust, where the actual will does not identify who inherits the estate because it's at the discretion of the trustees, then the 60% succession tax rate that will apply, potentially. If it's possible to identify it's the children who are the only intended beneficiaries, then succession tax at 40% could be applied, but the children won't benefit from the 100,000 tax-free allowance I mentioned previously. Historically, trusts are integral to the UK legal system, so it's very easy for them to creep into UK-centric estate planning. Where there are French assets, trusts are very difficult and expensive to navigate, so I would strongly advise if you're not French resident, you should limit your UK will to your non-French assets. If you're French resident, just stay away from trusts. They require some serious reporting obligations, there are strict penalties, and if you get things wrong, the taxation expenses aspects are just just so onerous it's unbelievable remember you won't be around when these issues are being resolved so it makes things much easier for your nearest and dearest if you established a professionally drafted will obviously before you shuffle off the mortal coil and finally a pension question one listener was looking for clarification regarding the lifetime allowance and if now is a good time to think about transferring his uk pensions Without knowing a lot more about that person's situation, it's difficult to give a specific response to their question, Howard. The question may have been prompted by the fact that next Thursday, Jeremy Hunt will reveal what's in the UK autumn statement. And one of the rumours is he could give the LTA, that's the lifetime allowance, a further haircut and reduce the threshold down from its current level of £1,073,000 to £800,000. Now, if he does, unfortunately, there isn't enough time to make a transfer or get a transfer across the, the line before that uh, before Thursday. As we mentioned during the report, when when focused on UK thresholds being for, being frozen, the threat the threshold will remain where it is until 2025-26 tax year. If investment markets come back and thresholds are still frozen, the gap the gap will clearly close quicker, 
which means breaking the glass ceiling and having to pay the LTA tax charge could loom larger on the horizon. The question could have been prompted simply by the recent market declines. Quite a lot of clients have taken the opportunity to move their pensions out of their UK arrangements while the markets are depressed, and the LTA charge is not applicable, mindful of the fact that once markets recover, they could then be exposed to what at the moment is an avoidable tax charge. If you'd like to discuss what opportunities are available in the current environment, have a conversation with Blevins Franks. Remember, the initial meeting is complimentary. If you have more general questions about anything concerning money or financial arrangements, give us a call and speak to one of our local partners. If we can help, we will, but if we can, we will know someone who can. The telephone number of our office in Valbon is 0493-001780. That's 0493-001780. Or if our Monaco office is more convenient for you, you can arrange a call or a meeting with one of our Monaco best partners by telephoning Monaco 97775574. That's 97775574. And as usual, you can contact us or find out what's going on at Blevins Franks via the website, which is www.blevinsfranks.com. Many thanks, Ron, for that interactive version today. Worked well. Thank you very much. All right. Cheers, Howard. Thank you very much. The Blevins Franks Report. If you would like more information on any of the topics discussed in this program, contact your local Blevins Franks office on 0493001780 or riviera at blevinsfranks.com. Is your inheritance planning up to date for France? Have you taken steps to protect your family? Cross border estate planning is more complex than many people realize. You need to plan for many different elements, including taxes and forced airship. Blevins Franks has 45 years' experience helping British expatriates achieve their wishes for their heirs, with personalised recommendations for each family. Contact Blevins Franks today on 0493 001780 or at blevinsfranks.com.